have your Bibles tonight, Ephesians chapter number 4. Now, I know that sometimes we can sort of get in a, a mindset where it says, oh, well, he's talking tonight about putting off and putting on and my life and what it's supposed to be like. But I want you to understand tonight, this is the purpose of a local church. This is the purpose of the Word of God, that you and I could see things in the Word of God, and it becomes a light unto our feet that teaches us to walk better, that teaches us to walk closer to the Lord, that teaches you and I that we all have little edges on us. And we need to get rid of those edges so that our light can shine. Anybody in this room ever had cataracts? I'm sure you have. Okay. What happens when the cataract was removed? Could see better? I think all of us have some form of cataracts. All of us. And we miss things. For instance, take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and look at verse 30. Last week we finished up with let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That word corrupt there is the word for something that's putrefying. It's something that's got maggots in it. It's something that's awful. And so that's communication. Uh, what kind of communication be like that? Something that's harsh. Someone that means spirit. We just say things like it is. Look, this is the way I am. Take me or leave me. Nobody should be like that. We should all be striving to be more like Christ. Everybody in this room ought to be striving to be sweeter, to be kinder. And you might say, well, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know why I have to work. doesn't matter. You and I are living in this world, but we're not of this world. We're of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we're to live like we're a citizen of heaven, not of this earth. Notice, if you would, in verse 30, he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Now, this word grieve is to make him sad, to disappoint him. It's not to curse him out. It's just to do something that he says, oh, we stay Pittman hadn't done that. It hurts the heart of God. Um, tonight, <clears throat> last week, and I want to be sensitive. I'm not sensitive enough, and this passage will prove that, but... I want to be very sensitive to people. Last week, we were shaking hands, and I had something on my mind, and one of the Calamore boys walked up to me and shook it, put it in his hand. I saw it in the corner of my eye, but I was going. And I got over the edge of the pew, and I said, wait a minute. I need to shake that young man's hand, greet him tonight. I turned around to catch him, and he was going up the aisle. You know, wasn't, wasn't offended, but he was just gone. And so tonight I walked up and I caught him. And I said, I want you to know I'm sorry. Kind of like, for what? Anybody ever done that? I'm sorry, for what? Well, I want to be more careful that if somebody puts out their hand, I stop what I'm doing. And I want to say, good evening. Glad you're here. And it doesn't matter the age. Sometimes I get focused. 
It's a good thing, but it's a bad thing when it comes to people. And so I have to be careful of that. I see here, Lord, I don't want to grieve you. It bothered my heart. And I said, next time I see him, I'm going to fix that. And so the next time was tonight. I happened to catch him. He was walking by the same way, not holding his hand out, but I was able to catch him. And you know, what I'm trying to say is that I don't want to even let something small that no one's necessarily offended by, but he was. And he mentioned it to me. All of us should be so careful with the Holy Spirit. Grieve not. Don't make him sad. Don't disappoint him. Why? Because he's your seal. Notice what he says. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. He is your proof and evidence that you're a child of God. He is the one that's got you sealed up and bound for heaven. And it's not like, it's not like you're going to lose that seal or it's going to come loose if you, don't, if you make him angry or if you hurt him. But the Holy Spirit gets saddened. He doesn't get angry. God gets angry if the Holy Spirit is tender. He's like a dove. Notice, if you would, we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit. We're not to do something that would cause him hurt. Number one, because we didn't listen to him as he's guiding our steps. Or number two, we don't go back and make it right, no matter how small. Anybody here ever said something to your husband or your wife and you knew it wasn't the right way. Maybe it wasn't that you didn't mean it, but you were not paying attention. Uh, whatever it might be, tone, volume, whatever it might be. And the Holy Spirit went like this. What did you do about it? That's this word, grieve. Grieve not. Notice, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it's in the imperative mood to point his finger and say, don't you grieve the Holy Spirit. Now notice if you would, in verse number 31, same verb form, imperative mood. Don't you grieve the Holy Spirit. Notice what he says. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. I want to take just a minute. I want to say a few things. Notice this word bitterness is the word pikros. Uh, it, it, is, it is literally to pierce someone. When we're bitter towards somebody, we sort of nail them to a cross. That's, that's sort of the picture of this word. Pick cross, to nail through, to pierce through. That's the root of the word. So when you're bitter towards someone, you want to pierce them. You, you want them to hurt. He says, let all bitterness. Now, Bitterness comes from unforgiveness. It comes from when you and I don't let something go. Then it sticks in our heart. And the Lord says, look, no Christian should be bitter. How many of you can think of somebody right now that the way they act, there's some bitterness in their heart? Raise your hand. Raise it up. Raise it up. Good and high. Look at all these hands. I pray it's not here. I pray that as the Holy Spirit comes to everybody in this room, 
If you've got something towards somebody, they've said, they've done, they've not done. Um, They did it on purpose. They did it unintentionally. But it's stuck in your heart. Get that square tonight. You can never be in the image of Christ with bitterness in your heart. And literally, the Lord points his finger and says, you let your bitterness go. That's what he says. It's not to be kept overnight. It's not to be kept for an hour. It is to be gotten rid of as quickly as possible. If you need to make a phone call, if you go to somebody, do not let bitterness, notice this, let all bitterness be put away from you. Put it aside. Get rid of it. Don't let it stay in your heart. It'll ruin you. Notice if you, number two, he says, and wrath and anger. <clears throat> now, if you, let me say this to you. If you've gotten angry about something and it caused you to do something or say something you regretted, you've got too much anger. You need to let it go. You need to get rid of it so that your anger amount is only toward sin. And it's so controlled, it doesn't cause you to make mistakes. Remember, anger gets our adrenaline going, and adrenaline causes you to do things you'll never be able to fix. Adrenaline causes people to to do things that are miraculous. It causes them to hurt people without intending. Adrenaline is a drug, and it gets revved up when we get angry about something. We would not think about throwing something. We would not think about punching somebody. We would not think about uh, pushing somebody. We would not think about getting in somebody's face until we're angry. If any of those things are in anybody in this room, you need to let all bitterness, anger, and wrath go. you got to get rid of it. And you say, well, I don't have a problem with it. Well, have you done something because you were angry that you regretted? Well, yes. Then you have an anger problem. And needs to be gotten rid of. Notice the next one. Wrath and clamor. Uh, this word clamor is the word for, it, it's, it literally is the word for crying out. Have you ever heard a raven or a cry out? That's this word. You, you're just, oh God, oh God, that lady. You may not do it publicly, but it's in your heart. And then again, you may do it publicly if you've gotten. We don't have that going on in our church that I know of, but, but it could be at work. That guy, guy, you just can't let that happen. Clamor. It's something that's crying out toward another person. And then notice it gets next to evil speaking. Now, evil speaking is, is literally um, the, the kind of, uh, uh, the root word is blasphemy. That's what it comes from. It's, it, in the Greek text, it's blasphemel. Uh, you've blasphemed somebody. You've talked bad about them. Uh, you've, you've said things about them. Uh, we have to be so careful that we don't blaspheme someone else. We don't run them down. We don't say things about them. It doesn't matter who it is. A Christian is to be different. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
If you're going to be in the image of Christ, if you're going to really make a difference, every parent has got to be so different that your children look at you and say, I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my mom. And if you're not tonight, come to this altar and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to put this away. I want to get rid of it. Folks, tonight, Christians are not great Christians because they're not willing to say, I want to let that go. I don't ever want anger to cause me to do that again. I don't ever want bitterness to get in my heart again. I don't ever want, and then notice the next one, it says, evil speaking, put, put, be put away from you with all malice. Alice is the, malice is the word kakia. It's bad to the bone. It's something in your heart that uh, evil speaking is just natural for you or evil feelings that you have towards someone. Someone uh, cuts you off in traffic or someone uh, does something at work or says something at work and it just gets in your heart and it just sort of, it's there. It's bad to the bone. No Christian should have malice. I like to pay that guy back. Um, You'll notice he says, let all bitterness be put away from you. You let it be put away from you. You make sure it gets done. Uh, Middle voice, you do it yourself. You, now, you may say in Psalm 124, Lord, search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Uh, well, Lord, I, I want you to search my heart. I don't see it. But would you be willing to say that to the Lord? Lord, I, I may not see the evil speaking in my heart, but you show it to me, and Lord, I want to get rid of it. Lord, I, I may not see that there's a little bitterness toward this person, but Lord, show it to me. I'll get rid of it. Tonight's the Lord's Supper. It is about us being clean and pure. I don't want to be the judge of my heart and say it's clean. I want him to be the judge of my heart. Lord, I want you to see me, and if you see anything, dear Holy Spirit, I won't grieve you. I'll obey. I don't want to make you disappointed or sad. I'll obey. Now notice what he says. And then now now that's the put off part. And then it's the put on part. And be a kind one to another. Uh, uh, Now now when it says be ye, it, it literally is become this. He's saying I don't want you to just be kind. I want you to become kind. I want your character to change to a spiritual mode. I want you to become kind one to another. In other words, I want that to be your default. When everything else happens, your default says be kind. Well, this person done this, and your default hits, be kind. Your wife or your husband will be kind. It is who you become. And I wish all of us, I wish... I could become so kind. Uh, you know, this word, kind, is literally, uh, kratos, fit for use. It is literally pleasant, mild, benevolent, good to somebody else. I didn't say it, be ye kind, good to others. Be a pleasant. You know, I, I, that's a tough word. Are you pleasant 
Let me say this. Is this pleasant? No. Pleasant usually wears a smile. Pleasant is inviting. Um, am I comical or serious? For the most part. Serious. I'm, uh, you know, I like to laugh and have fun, but most part I'm serious-minded. I'm trying to get things done, and, 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 and yet sometimes I forget to be kind. I forget to wear the smile. I forget to greet people and be fit for use. The use of the Holy Spirit to encourage someone with their kindness. Mild-natured. How many of you know somebody that's mild-natured? Think about it. Raise your hand. I can think of some people that are mild-natured, and I'd like to be like that more and more. But you know what? I can't become that, but the Holy Spirit can help me become that. And that's what I want you to understand tonight. All of these ingredients, do you realize the Lord is trying to make us like Christ? That's what he's trying to get you to be like. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better husband. You'll be a better father. You'll be a better mother. You'll be a better son or daughter if you just heed this to be, get rid of, let go, and to put on. All of us will be better. We'll be so much more enjoyable to be around. Pleasant. Mild. Notice he says, be a kind one to another, tenderhearted. Um, now, this literally is just compassionate. You feel for other people. Now, let me tell you why. Some of the things that we can do to not feel tenderhearted. Nick Adams has stage four cancer. We're praying for him. One of the things that causes me to remember and to pray for Nick often, every day, is I love Nick. And I feel for him. I know the Lord is working in his life, but I want the Lord to heal him. So there's this yearning in my heart to help Nick, knowing there's nothing I can do. So I've got to plead for him on my knees and get my Heavenly Father to do it. Now, tenderhearted is whenever I say, hey, Nick. And I haven't prayed for him in three or four days because, you know, it's really his problem. It really doesn't affect me. It's really his problem. That is not tender-hearted. I, I have to be so careful because, you know, when you, how many of you make lists that you do each day? Uh, you're, you're a lister. How many make lists? Let me see your hands. Okay. We have to be careful with tenderheartedness because the list gets in the way. You know, I, I, got, I got four more things to go. And somebody calls, hey, pastor, uh, you got a minute to talk? Uh, no. <clears throat> you know, uh, so, so what I, a, a pastor's job is to be tenderhearted, uh, but, but I got my list. Look. I don't ever want to be that way. I try to have an open-door policy. But there are times that I'm studying later into the night because, you know, people, my tender heart got me in trouble. Is that possible? No. 
It's a characteristic of Christ. Um, I want to be available. That's a characteristic of tenderhearted. Lord, I'm available for you to burden my heart to pray for that person. Tenderhearted is feeling what they feel. The Holy Spirit can help you feel what somebody else feels. There was a young lady in my youth group in Memphis. After a youth activity, her father said, whatever you do, and I told you this uh, probably a month ago, don't let anybody ride in the car with you. A teenage girl said, I need to ride home. It's just down the street. Could you drop me off? She said, sure. Didn't think about the command of her father. So she gets in the car. She's talking with the little girl. And the road turns. She knew it. But she missed the turn and wrecked the front of her car. Just folded that tire under. Broke the ball joints and just really messed up the car. She comes back and she is crying her eyes out. My daddy's going to kill me. I said, because you wrecked the car? No. Why? Because I let my friend be in it and she distracted me. It was my fault. I didn't obey him. He's going to kill me. Now, in my heart, I'm a youth pastor. Anybody want to know what I felt? Somebody want to know what I felt? I see too many of you laughing, and that's not fair. I think you know me. Well, you should have obeyed your dad. You get what you deserve. Well, that's not tenderhearted. But that's my natural feeling. Well, that's your fault. You know, call your dad. Tell him to come get you. That's your problem. She was so broken and terrified. It was like, could you call my dad for me? No. You take care of it. It's your problem. Okay, I'll call your dad. Uh, Mr. So-and-so, uh, your, your daughter um, had an accident. Everybody's okay. But she wrecked the car, and she had somebody in it with her. She told me she did the wrong thing. Um, would you be willing to come get her? Sure, Pastor, I'll come get her. Calm as a cucumber. And when he got out, he had this three-foot-long bat looking at him. No, he, he, he was just, he, he understood what she did. And all he wanted her to do was have a sorrowful heart and say, I'll never do that again, Dad. I want to obey you. That's what he was trying to get to. And when he got there, uh, he was very loving and warm and compassionate. He said, honey, uh, this is okay, but you'll need to pay for it. And she says, okay. And, you know, this is what happens when you don't listen. Now, Compassion helps you help people through things. Fact or matter is, all of us deserve what we're getting. And we want people to be compassionate to us. All of us do. Even when you make a mistake, you want someone to come up and say, it'll be all right. You know, the Lord will understand you. You know, I'm with you. I'll be praying with you about it. All of us want compassion. Nobody needs somebody to come up to you and say, ha-ha, you got what you deserve. But that's our nature. Guy comes flying by us, and all of a sudden, right up there, you see him pull over to the side of the road. Lights going on. It's say, well, he finally got what he deserved. How many of us have ever done something we said, oh, 
I deserved a ticket then, but I didn't get it. You know what? Compassion is a fruit of a Christian that everybody can see. Are you compassionate? Are you tenderhearted? Now notice the next one. He says, forgiving one another. Now, forgiveness is a verb here. It's the form of grace. It is to be better to someone than they deserve. If you have your Bible, turn me, if you would, to Luke 17. Luke 17. I want you to notice this. Now, I, I want you to remind yourself, he said, be ye, become forgiving. Become the person that forgives quickly, that forgives completely. <clears throat> Verse 1, Luke 17, 1. Then he said unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. You know what he's saying? Everybody in this room, it's impossible for you not to be offended one of these days. That's impossible. It's going to happen to you. Somebody's going to do something, say something, something's going to happen. You're going to get offended. Notice what he says in verse number three. Take heed to yourselves. Watch yourself. Be careful. If thy brother trespassed against thee, rebuke him, go to him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day. Now that's the part that gets you. How many of your children have you looked at and said, I've told you that a thousand times? Anybody ever said that? Or me? I've told you that a thousand times. Well, number one, that's not true. Uh, number two, maybe it's only three times today. But the idea is that I've told you over and over again. And when they look at you and say, I'm sorry again. Do you realize, now notice what he says here in verse 4. If he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day, turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said, oh, that's stupid. They didn't say that. You know what they said? That's dumb. No, they didn't say that. They said, increase our faith. Help us to be better at forgiveness. Lord, help us to do a better job at forgiveness. That's the right attitude. And maybe you in this room, you need someone, you, you need the Holy Spirit to increase your faith to where you can be better at forgiveness. Remember, it is to become kind. It's your nature. It is become forgiving. There are some people in this room that if I did something wrong to them, I know I could go to them and say, look, brother, I did this. Or I said that. Would you forgive me? They look right at me and say, sure, it's done with. It's almost like you didn't even have to come to me. It's forgiven. I know that. And then there, there are some people that I want to be very careful with because I don't want to hurt them. And so I, 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 want, to be the, I want to become the kind of person that no matter what happens, you know I'll forgive like that, without a thought. You want to know why? Well, I want you to take your Bible and turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And notice with me, if you would, 
verse 13. Forbearing one another, this is Colossians 3.13. Forbearing one another, uh, tolerating one another, but that's the wrong word. It's putting up with one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, notice this, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So let's take, just take a minute. Let's say someone hurts your feelings. Let's say they said something terrible about you. You found out about it, you went to them and say, is that really the way you feel? And they looked at you and said, well, um, uh, yeah, it is. And you said, I am sorry. I'll work on that. Would you forgive me? Oh, you, have to, you don't have any option. You have to forgive them. Well, pastor, I don't have to do anything if you want to be like Christ you do. In other words, if you want to become forgiving, if you want to be known as one that doesn't harbor bad feelings, one that is quick to forgive and to forgive completely, which is a characteristic of God, what sin has anybody in this room done to Christ that you went to Christ and he says, Lord, I am so sorry we forgive me. He said, hmm, let me think about it. If we confess our sin, he is, listen to this word, faithful. It's a part of his character. And just, you know what that means? It's right to forgive. Faithful means he will always do this. And just means it is right to forgive. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all sin. There will never be a time you'll go to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I did that. It was the third time today. I'm so sorry. The Lord will always look at you and say, I just buried it in the deepest sea. I just put it behind my back. I just put it as far as the east is from the west. It's gone. You don't know why? The fundamental reason we don't forgive is we don't love like we should. I'll forgive it because I love you. It's forgiven. Today, all of us in this room, let's become, let's let the Holy Spirit work on us in being in His image to become kind, pleasant at all times, to become tenderhearted. Let me pray with you about that. Let me help with that. You feel what other people feel and forgiving. You're known that if anybody had a problem, you would forgive it quickly and never harbor a thing. Tonight, what are you becoming? Like Christ or like what we want? It's a choice. Let's bow our heads forward a prayer tonight. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. We have the Lord's Supper tonight, and I know that the Lord's Supper is a remembrance. It's a remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. It's an opportunity to say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Lord, thank you for paying such a high price for me. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, 
Before we do that, would you ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to forgive you if you've hurt him this week, if you've not listened to him? Lord Jesus, speak to our heart. Dear Holy Spirit, would you search us and point out any wicked way and lead us in the path of righteousness. For your namesake we pray. Amen.